Show Me the Science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, I'm Luke O'Neill and welcome to my podcast, Show Me the Science. Now, hopefully each podcast has science behind it and I look at the science and then I say, show me the science and I tell you what the science is telling us. Uh, This one's a slightly different one. There is a bit of science in this, as you'll hear, but this is something that we're all aware of and we're all fascinated by. And this is the science of private space exploration. Let's call it that. May 25, 2012. The first commercial spacecraft is about to berth with the ISS. A private company achieves something only national agencies did before, an orbital payload... Now, obviously, space exploration is front and centre when it comes to all our, our love of science, and we all remember famous moon landings and all those kinds of things. We're watching NASA, aren't we? I mean, I'm not a space scientist or an astronomer, but I watch the news on space the whole time. We all do. We have an endless fascination with space don't we and of course we love all those science fiction movies involving space um so it's a very hot topic and we're always watching it the big news jeff bezos command engine start two one go back to van horn texas and you see there the blue origin rocket known as new shepherd this is the first human test flight for blue origin and on board, billionaire Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, as we are tracking this huge... ...has managed to get into space uh, using his private rocket, let's call it that. He's a paying customer, so we're going to talk about space tourism, uh, but also the notion of how space travel is changing, what the future of space travel might be like. And the interesting thing is it's kind of gone private. Now remember, historically it was governments that funded space travel. Many years ago, the great British explorer George Mallory, who was to die on Mount Everest, was asked why did he want to climb it. He said because it is there. Well, space is there. And we're going to climb it. And the moon and the planets are there. And new hopes for knowledge and peace are there. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. And they still do, Thank of you. course, NASA. Like being the big one, the European Space Agency. That is your tax dollars and euros, you know, going towards these agencies that are funding space exploration and space travel. It can be controversial because it's so expensive and why not spend the money on trying to cure malaria, say? That was always a debate. Uh, but of course, the science behind space travel and space travel itself is all kinds of positive spin-offs for us as a species. Lots of discoveries are made during this process that can be used in all kinds of ways. And it kind of speaks to our, our restlessness, our curiosity as a species. But as I say, it's mainly been in, been the publicly funded stuff that's got our attention. But increasingly, the rich people are funding space travel and the development of new rockets and new technologies and all kinds of things. And Jeff himself is no different. And the reason why he's in the news recently, and again, it touches on some of these broader things, is he's a bit unhappy because NASA have not contracted his company, Blue Origin, to help them get to the moon. And one of his big dreams is to set up a moon base and go to the moon. Uh, And he's always wanted to do that. That's been one of his ambitions. And sadly, NASA didn't go with his company. Uh, They went instead with Elon Musk's company, SpaceX. And Elon Musk being another very wealthy person who's uh, putting money into the private, the private space travel and so on as well. So, so Jeff has said to NASA, 
He's offered them $2 billion if they decide to go at Blue Origin to make a spacecraft to go to the moon. So in other words, he's offering them money. Instead of NASA paying him as a company to develop the rocket and so on, he's offering them money amazingly, you know, because they've offered the contract to SpaceX. They've actually offered a $2.9 billion contract to SpaceX to bring astronauts to the moon. Uh, this is NASA. Their goal is to get there by 2024 at the earliest. So it's going to ha- it looks like it's happening soon. We may well see humans back on the moon again. The last time a human was on the moon was 1972. So people think, oh, that seems like a long time ago. Why haven't we had more people on the moon? But again, the problem has been, can you justify the expense, especially if it's a public thing? Uh, All those debates have been happening. But now these private companies are going to help NASA get to the moon. The question is, will will, uh, Bezos' company SpaceX really get involved or not? Uh, Certainly Jeff is lobbying very hard to be involved in this. Um, he, he has said we will give, uh, well, no, by the way, NASA have said that uh, that SpaceX will give value for money and uh, they've got a better track record anyway. That's why they chose SpaceX over Blue Origin as their justification for this. But Bezos is saying, well, hang on a minute, I'm going to give you two billion if you allow my company to help you get to the moon. So it's a very interesting development. And then talk about track record. He had a very successful mission. July 20th, he sent a rocket, shall we call it, into uh, into space. The rocket was called New Shepard. Now, that's interesting because it's named after Alan Shepard. Now, Alan Shepard was the first American in space. So Jeff wanted to name his his, uh, spacecraft after Alan Shepard, so it's called New Shepard. He's also got one called New Glenn after John Glenn, who was the first American to to orbit the Earth. So So Jeff is obviously quite patriotic and he's drawing on the legacy of US space travel. Now what did this um, what did this new shepherd do? It was 11 minutes in space. So it went into space for 11 minutes and then came down again and it's space tourism because there were four passengers on board. Jeff himself, his brother Mark, wouldn't it be great to be Jeff Bezos' brother? He says, come with me, we're going into space. Uh, a guy called Willi- Wally Funk and then a guy called Oliver Damon. Oliver, his father, paid $28 million for that ticket. He's an 18-year-old. And his father got the ticket himself, actually, and then passed it on to his son. And his son then was in space for 11 minutes. Now, would you pay $28 million for your son to spend 11 minutes in space? That's what happened there. And uh, it is space tourism helps subsidize some of the costs, I suppose. Now, how do we know that New Shepard went into space? Well, it passed the thing called the Kármán line. Now, that's an important scientific term because the Kármán line, they reckon, is where the Earth's atmosphere ends and space begins is the idea here. And it was a scientist called Carmen defined this. Now, clearly, uh, how do you define that? Eventually, the atmosphere peters out, you see, and then eventually becomes space, I suppose. And they picked a line. I mean, it's partly based on the aerodynamics of the craft in that region. There's no more air, basically, to cause resistance, and they can measure it. And then they reckon, right, you're in space. Of course, you can also see the, the blackness of space and the curve of the Earth and all those things. But the Carmen line is 100 kilometers above Earth, So if you go beyond that line, that means you're in space. And that's what uh, Bezos managed to achieve for those 11 minutes. So it's very important to to define these things, I guess. Now, the spacecraft in question, New Shepard, looked a bit funny. It didn't look like the rockets we would have seen in the Apollo mission, for example. It had a mushroom-like shape, they're calling it, where the crew were in. At the top of the rocket, strange design. It can hold six passengers. 
uh, and it's shaped in a way to make it comfortable for the passengers, I guess. And guess what? Great windows. If you pay $28 million, you want to have a good view, I would think. So, so this craft had fantastic windows to see out when you're on this great uh, journey. And I'm sure Oliver had a great view as he went up there. So in other words, the, the, the design of these spacecrafts is, is changing all the time as well. And space tourism will become more of a reality, we feel, for the extremely rich people. The ethics of it is a different matter, of course. But still, this is what's happening in space tourism is becoming a reality. Now, we've won- people have wondered, why is, is Jeff Bezos so interested in space? He's been always fascinated by it, of course, uh, since he was a child, really. And he was on record as saying, you know, he's worth $200 billion. That's how much money Jeff Bezos has. He said the only way he can deploy that amount of money is to fund space travel. Now, people have said, why don't you fund other things with that kind of amount of money? And he has, to give him credit, he's put lots of money into um, trying to mitigate climate change. He's very interested in that as well. Uh, He's funded various charitable um, bodies, I guess, to fund that. He's pledged $10 billion, actually, to combat climate change through the Bezos Earth Fund. So he's not just spending money on space, but a lot of his money is actually going into space and designing these crafts. I think they say he really believes in the future. He thinks the future of, of uh, humanity is, in many ways, uh, tied into space travel in many ways. His critics are saying he wants to get off the Earth you know, he's kind of thinking, oh, the Earth is in trouble. So we've got to have a way out of here, basically. Now, he hasn't said that himself, of course. But they're wondering why he has this massive obsession with space. I guess he's also hoping that uh, there'll be spin-outs from this that will benefit humanity in various ways. And, of course, remember now, it's a very rich club, isn't it? The richest people in the US are now funding this new space race. And I gave an example already of Elon Musk. So many rich people are now investing in this. So the new space race is being privately funded is the way to think of it. Some are, some are calling um, this that uh, Bezos is a getaway plan, just in case the Earth becomes really uh, in, in trouble and so on. And of course, one of the things he wants to do is fund a moon base on the moon. And he's he's got a name for this. It's called Blue Moon. Great name in a way. And Blue Moon is uh, the mission, you might call it, to build a station on the moon where humans can can live, I suppose, and study the moon and learn more and more about the moon. And Blue Moon is a robotic cargo delivery craft. It can deliver things there. It can move things around. It's partly based on robotics. It's in development. It can transport things. So in other words, he's making, if you like, the module that can deliver parts to help construct the moon base and deliver things to the moon in various ways. Uh, and that's part of the mission. And of course, he's trying to convince NASA now you know, to, to get involved in this in many ways. And one example that's been mentioned is ice. Now, the moon, you know, will need water because humans need water, obviously. Uh, and guess what? There may well be ice on the moon. There's a thing called the Shackleton Crater. Now, we love Shackleton, don't we? Us Irish people, because he was the great Antarctic explorer. They named a crater on the south pole of the moon very appropriately after Shackleton. It's called the Shackleton Crater. And sensors looking at that crater have detected, a lot of of hydrogen's been detected there, actually. But they may well have detected ice. Now, it's not definite yet whether there's ice there or not. But there may well be ice, meaning water ice there. Now, if there is a massive reserve of water ice there, that makes the construction of a moon base all the more viable because we don't need to bring water up to the moon then, do we? There's a source of water on the moon. And maybe Blue Moon, this special uh, cargo delivery craft, uh, would take the ice from the Shackleton crater and deliver it to the moon base. And there's even talk of building the moon base near that crater on the rim of the crater 
is the possible location as to where this moon base will be. And that would be wonderful in a way because now we would have a, a, an outstation on the moon. We'd have astronauts in that outstation. We can study the moon, learn about a lot more about astronomy and all kinds of things. And who knows what benefits might come from being on the moon. They're not obvious yet what those benefits are, mind you. And it's going to cost an awful lot of money to achieve this. But NASA have an aim to bring humans back to the moon again and possibly ultimately to build a moon base on the moon where astronauts are living. And Bezos is very interested in this, very much part of this adventure. So on the one hand, you might say this is fantastic because private money is going into uh, investing in all this great technology and space travel. And remember, that money recirculates in the economy. It's not as if he's blowing the money. The money is used to pay for stuff and salaries and creates employment and all kinds of things. So that's good. And maybe we'll get great science from all this analysis. And then one day, who knows, you may get to go to the moon. Now, you better have very, very deep pockets. If 11 minutes cost $28 million, the price has to come down. Who knows? There may be the equivalent of Ryanair one day, which will bring you to the moon for a sniff. And then you can go on your holidays on the moon. It seems like a long way off, doesn't it? But certainly in the future, space travel, space tourism, and then the private funding of space will continue to increase our exploration of space. So there you have it. That's this week's podcast. Of course, my podcasts are available every Thursday for download uh, and it's a News Talk production. And thanks again to Owen for producing.